All right, welcome back to another Tales from the Pits. This is Brian once again with Andrew, and we're headed back um, again. Road noise—it's just you're just gonna have to deal with it, folks. I'm sorry. Um, we'll, one day maybe we'll stop. Um, we tend to be in motion more often than we're stopped these days. Um, our road trip today. Um, Sorry, I was just watching this car that had no front wheel being towed by another car. Um, no, I mean, it, well, it had a wheel. It had no tire, to be specific. That's, you know, kind of like Franklin versus Franklin's. Um, my thing is that there's a tire and a wheel. I'm going way off track, but it kind of kind of shocked What's me What's today's bit. topic about? You know? <laughs> oh, yeah, we're talking about barbecue, probably. Um, today, uh, you know, one of the things we saw today, and, and we always take note of, because kind of we're cheap bastards, but we take note of the price of brisket and the prices and the menus um, and what's going on kind of in barbecue. Um, you know, obviously with popularity, with supply and demand, uh, prices are going to fluctuate and, and prices have been edging up. They've been going up over the last few years. Um, brisket recently did take a, a, a hit, um, went up uh, about 50 cents a pound. There's feedback from a couple of guys. Um, and again, we talked about this last episode. 50 cents a pound in your raw product after you trim and after you cook it that's about a dollar a pound difference that you're paying um, that they have to pass on i mean they can honestly only absorb so much uh, some of these barbecue guys yeah some of the very popular places that are doing tremendous business they're doing well don't get me wrong but um, many of these guys they're not living the lifestyle of the rich and famous doing barbecue and they work many many hours lot of hard work right and especially if you start talking about an hourly wage well think of this you know the amount of hours that are spent tending pits and serving people you know if you broke that down by a per hour i'm sure these guys have done it themselves and no they don't want to do it it's not a pretty number um so so yeah obviously you've got your your super busy barbecue joints that are making really good money but you know it's not it's not a get rich quick scheme by any means um, and just a quick recap on where we went today. We had a seven-stop run through the through the Waco to seven Dallas Fort Worth area. Seven stops, real quick. Flores Barbecue in Whitney. Ding. Barbecue on the Brazos and Crescent. Heim Barbecue in Fort Worth. Ding. Dallas. Uh, we went to Lockhart Smokehouse. Ding. Pecan Lodge in Dallas. Ding. Top Five Barbecue in Desoto. Ding. And Harris Barbecue in Waxahachie. Ding. That was it. Seven. Seven stops in one day because we are idiots and um, we saw a lot of different pricing in those stops um, obviously in the smaller towns you know where rent isn't as high and cost of living isn't as high you tend to not pay as much for the barbecue um in whitney for instance at flora's barbecue we had there was an 11 dollars two meat plate which you will not see that price in big cities um they had what what else was it oh uh i think their brisket was at 18 a pound which, 18. Is, which is about average yeah. um so I'd say it's probably a little bit below average for a big city, um, but smaller towns you're seeing about that price these days. Well, for a place with air conditioning and tables, you know, one of the things that kind of surprises both of us too is um, trailers. Your your rent, your overhead is not as expensive, um, but it certainly doesn't seem to be affecting the the price of brisket at places. Trailers are, are just as expensive as brick and mortar, so it seems like. Right. Uh, the, the two most expensive places I know of in Texas, the two most expensive brisket prices are being served out of trailers. Um, one in Waco and one in Austin. Um, we're talking $24 a pound on brisket right now uh, at those two places. So, so yeah, I mean, yes, uh, inventory is, you know, inventory staffing is not as high at a trailer as it is at a brick and mortar, but that may or may not be reflected in the prices that you see on the menu. And, and most of the places on the top 50 uh, use prime brisket. 
So for those that aren't familiar, there's there's three main grades, and then there's some subgrades in between them. Um, but there's three main grades: select, which is the lowest choice, which most of the places use, and, and according to everything I've read, that's what Franklin Barbecue started with was an upper choice. Um, and then prime, prime is is the more expensive USDA graded. It's the highest USDA grade that you can get. Um, and a lot of the, the top 50 joints are switching over to that. Not all of them. Um, and, and you know, you don't. To be honest, I don't think you have to have prime. Where it where it does well is it does well on the lean end of the brisket um, because it, it does have more fat across the entire brisket. If you look at a steak, a prime steak versus a choice steak versus a select steak, that's the difference is how much fat is in it. Right. And, and fat is flavor. Of course. I mean, there is such a thing as too much fat, though. So, I mean, when you're talking about fat in prime brisket, what you're talking about is the fat inside the meat, the intramuscular fat, not necessarily just the fat cap on top, but the fat that's marbled throughout the meat. Um, and that really helps you out, especially on the lean side of the brisket. There's a lot more moisture within that, or that tends to be on a prime brisket. That's not to say, if you don't cook it right, it doesn't matter. So, I mean, you can buy the most expensive, highest graded brisket in the world. If you don't know how to properly handle it, it's, it won't matter. Whereas you could put a lower grade brisket in the hands of an Aaron Franklin, and he's going to turn it into something wonderful. My, my analogy is with guitars. So, uh, you know, you can take the most expensive guitar in the world, handcrafted by Les Paul himself, and a cheap Chinese knockoff. And if you take those two guitars and put them in the hands of an amateur player, you won't notice much difference. If you put those two guitars in the hands of an expert player, you won't notice much difference. There is going to be a small amount of difference, but and but vice versa, if you put that expensive guitar in a cheap hand and a cheap guitar in a, in a, in a you know, Joe Satriani, Eric Johnson, Steve Vai, they're going to do fine with it. Um, so there is a difference, right? If you're looking for the absolute top peak, yes, you want you want a craftsman, an artisan cooking a high quality piece of meat. Right, and, and you know you're going to pay more for the higher quality meats when when these places switch to prime. That they're paying a lot more money for that product, and so they can't absorb all of that cost themselves because a lot of these places are running pretty thin profit margins as it is. And so you're going to pay more for prime brisket. You know, it's just a fact of the business. Um, but not even just brisket. You talk about other meats as well. Um, you know, some of these places are running as high as $19 a pound on pork ribs, $19 a pound on turkey. Pulled pork, even. Pulled pork, places. I've seen as high as 18 or 19 as yeah. well. Um, and, I know Frank, pulled pork is much cheaper than prime brisket right. in, in, a, in your source. And your yield is higher. Yeah. You don't lose as much of the meat in the cooking process and the trimming process as you do on a brisket. Um, but uh, but you're starting to see those prices creep up. Again, obviously, the popularity of barbecue does drive these prices some. Um, any honest pit master will tell you that. But, you know, overall, meat prices fluctuate, and, you know, these guys are trying to earn a living. They're Again, they're not getting rich off of this. They're, they're just trying to provide for their families and keep their businesses up and running. Um, but not, not even just price of brisket, but let's go into some more menu prices as far as things that we've seen. Uh, we saw a couple of things today that are pretty different for, for us that we don't see very often. Uh, one example I remember is at Con Lodge, um, their meat plates come with one side, which is not something I'm used to seeing. I, I think I've seen it at, at one other place recently, but um, it's it's likely a way to to lower the price for the consumer so they don't panic. But it is it is surprising. The standard standard plates in Texas, barbecue plates, have always been two sides, and you get bread or a roll with it for free. Um, you know, the other thing that I noticed at Con Lodge, they they have rolls and the rolls were not free. I mean, it's fifty cents a piece. It's not going to break the bank. Um, but again, you look at places that are spending literally 
thousands upon thousands of dollars. Um, I, I know one place was six thousand dollars a month just in the free goodies um, that that give away. So you know you can see some of these people are trying to some of these owners and proprietors they're trying to make ends meet and they're trying to make the, the, a respectable amount of profit. Um, and so you're, we're seeing some changes on the menus that seem to be kind of interesting. Um, I, I saw one place, um, the granary where they had a one meat plate and a two meat plate. And those came with specific sides, um, which, you know, knowing for us and, and many people, maybe we know that those sides are less expensive to make. So mac and cheese is going to be much more expensive than coleslaw or beans. So limiting you to only, beans and coleslaw as your two sides on a on a three meat plate is also going to give them a little bit more profit margin right and and a lot of that and you'll see it and you know if you if you follow the reviews and even even yelp reviews when you start to see things trends of oh i expected to pay this and i paid that you know a lot of people are used to what they grew up with we notice it a lot in houston houstonians for in large part don't do well with menus that they can't order by the plate um houston didn't wasn't raised a lot of Houstonians on ordering by the pound. Just meat markets, I mean, maybe way in the past there, there were some, but the people that grew up here didn't grow up eating, you know, where you go order by the pound. And it's confusing. I mean, it's downright confusing because how much do you order, you know? And, and you'll hear a lot of times a half pound of meat per person. And I've heard people translate that to a half pound of each protein, and that's not true. Um, really, you want about a quarter pound of each protein if you want to get a little more brisket, that's fine. A third pound, maybe. But yeah, uh, I mean, you don't want a half pound of brisket, a half pound of ribs, and a half pound of turkey on your three-meat plate. Okay. You're not going to get it on a three-meat plate. But if you're ordering it by the pound, that's a pound and a half of bloody meat before you get to your sides. Right, yeah. And that's that's the thing to keep in mind is if you're if you're having to, for lack of a better term, construct your own meat plates because the, the menu at a barbecue joint doesn't offer a meat plate option, you know, just think, just think about what you're going to order. If you want three meats, if you want two meats, if you want one meat, your goal should be to hit about a half a pound average on the combination of however many meats you want. A half to a little over. I like to go a little over because I'm fat. I like food. So right. I mean, if you're willing to take, and, and obviously <laughs> self-control, if you're willing to take leftovers home, order a little bit more, take them home. Um, but you know, it's, it's something to think about as a consumer because um, we've seen and, so and many you can restaurants. Order you can order at most places. I've never been turned down except for, I think, once. You can order a quarter pound of meat. You can order a... You have to be careful ordering a single slice of brisket. Um, Andrew, we had that experience one time. Right. Um, we ordered three slices of brisket, which wound up being like over a pound, I think, um, because they were giant slices because we liked the moist in and they, they gave us the whole cut. But you can order usually a quarter pound of meat if you want. You can order one rib at many places. Um, you know, you always want to know how much is the price of one rib. You can order one rib. Uh, don't you don't have to over order now? If you're waiting in line for two or three hours, people are going to tend to over order. Of course, yeah, because the anticipation. You're seeing all the plates come out. You know, yeah. The longer you have to wait, the more you tend to order. At least we do anyway. Um, and, and we think maybe this this per pound thing is just more natural to Austinites because they were closer to Lockhart, closer to Taylor. Um, and that they just grew up on on understanding. You go to the meat market, you order the meat. And it just it's more natural. It seems to be much more accepted, if you will, in Austin by the consumers. I still see some reviews every once in a while of people that you can tell they misordered, um, or you can tell that they just don't get it, and they complain about you know thirty forty dollars for a plate of food. Well, they ordered a whole beef rib plus a half a pound of brisket plus two ribs plus all their sides. I mean, of course it's going to be that much. Yeah, I mean, it adds up. It adds up fast. 
you know, the, one of the places that I'm looking forward to getting to soon, Cadillac Barbecue, actually I've seen that, you know, seeing on the trays, it's almost like a deli counter. They actually print out a sticker barcode that goes onto your tray as you're ordering that's saying, you know, 0.5 pounds of brisket at, you know, Right. I've seen that. Opie's does that as well. Opie's yeah. does that as well. All the meat markets, of course, do too. Right. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, that, that does help as you, if you can see it as you're going, but many places aren't like that and we've seen some some places in Houston have a real hard time when they open with negative reviews of couldn't order by the plate and had to do this, had to do that. So I think, you know, part of it is that you know, hopefully these barbecue places get better about educating the consumers because you do have to educate the consumer on this. If it's not something that your area that you open up and is used to, um, you really do have to explain to them and, you know, help them construct a meat plate. It really sucks to get a bad review for something that's not related to your food. I mean, right. if your staff is bad, if your service is bad, if they don't understand your menu, if they don't understand your pricing, it's, it's just dinging you for something that's that's not reasonable. But again, there has to be some responsibility on both sides here, right? Um, because people, some people just don't know. Uh, we saw a bad review recently uh, at Killen's Barbecue uh, because they have a beef rib option for our, for the meat plates, but it's if you're not familiar with different cuts of beef rib and things like that, um, there is a difference. Um, so most places that do beef ribs, you're not allowed to have a beef rib on a three meat plate, two meat plate, one meat plate, because they're using the plate ribs, which are the larger ribs. They weigh about a pound and a half. And there's just, it's insane to try to do a pound and a half of an expensive meat as one of your meats on a meat plate. So obviously that makes sense. What Killens does is they serve the chuck ribs, which run about a half a pound, um, including the bone. And sometimes a little under, sometimes a little over, and that's their that's their um, I'm sorry, their beef rib plate. Right. So they have both options, which is really good when you think about it for the consumers. But uh, tell a little bit more about that review. That yeah, I mean, I was yeah, I was just at Killens yesterday, and I believe right now they're 17.95 for the beef rib plate, which is very good price. Um, it's a reasonable price. Two sides. Two sides with that. Um, but what happened in the review is they were out of the chuck short ribs, which go on the plates on, on the meat plates. They ran out of those for the day, so someone, you know, came to order the beef rib and, you know, wanted the plate, and they said, I'm sorry, we don't have the plate options, but they could, I believe... They could sell it to you by the pound. Yeah, but they said we could sell it to you by the pound, or at least this is according to the review, of course. Yeah. Um, and, and so the person didn't understand, well, if you can sell it to me by the pound, why can't you put it on the plate? And so it just comes back to one of those, the restaurant's not doing anything wrong in that. They've developed a very good system of being able to provide a beef rib for you on a plate, but because the consumer may or may not understand the difference in weight, the difference in price of, you know, of the chuck short ribs versus the plate ribs, it created confusion and end up with a negative review that, again, had nothing to do with the actual quality of the food. It was just a consumer not understanding what right. what the menu was. And we've seen that, I think it was with chicken, um, where they had a chicken special, but you couldn't order it by the pound or vice versa. It was one of the two. It was the same situation where they were selling half chickens. Um, and they just weren't set up to slice the chicken up and do it by the pound. And I think they could have, should have, should have accommodated the customer as much as they can. But if you can't do that, if you're, it's hard for a customer to understand that. People have to realize, you know, we're still dealing with people that don't understand the difference between lean and moist brisket. That lean brisket, at most places today, at most at least top fifty style barbecue joints, if you will have a fat cap on the lean brisket. Right. There's a, a lean brisket does not mean there won't be any fat on it. And I, I actually witnessed it yesterday. I had someone in front of me at line that wanted extra lean brisket. They had the brisket sitting on the cutting board. This is again at Killens. 
and she was, you know, and then you could still see, you know, the layer of fat between the bark and the meat. And she, you know, she said, no, no, I want it extra lean. So they literally had to scalp the entire brisket, removing all the bark, removing all the fat. So where you're literally just getting the meat beneath it and chop it up. And, you know, and that's, you know, as a, as someone who loves brisket, that breaks my heart. And if you don't know, right. Killens is serving Wagyu brisket right now. So that's very expensive fat that well, they're now throwing did in they, the trash. Did they weigh it before they chopped the no. fat off? Right. So that's the other thing is that I've seen... You know, restaurants struggle with that because people, I don't want that fat. I can't eat it. So they want them to weigh it after they remove the fat. Well, I hate to say it this way, but they had to pay for the fat. The, the restaurant did. Right. And the right. seasoning that was on top of that fat, too. Right. Pepper is expensive. And these Central Texas-style joints use a lot of it. And so that's that's a lot of money that they are throwing in the trash can. Um, so it's, you know, those things add up. And a lot of times... We, I think we tend to think about it a lot because we eat so much barbecue and, you know, and we cook barbecue on, on, a, on a pop-up basis right now. Um, so we tend to think about it a little bit more than, than I think the average consumer does. But that, that's one of the things that we, we hope that consumers can start to think about as they're ordering barbecue are things like that do add up. Um, so, so to try to be more cognizant of that when you're ordering as much as you can. And in some places from Spring Creek to Corkscrew have put up signage. Um, that says, you know, this is what lean is, this is what moist is, um, to at least try to help people. Because I think one of the misnomers of moist, I, I called it fatty for many years, and I still prefer to call it fatty rather than moist. Because I think moist is a bit of a misnomer, because who doesn't want moist brisket? doesn't matter what side of the brisket yeah. you get. I don't want dry brisket. Yeah. Don't want soulless brisket. I want moist brisket. Right. And so you're always going to, you know, even the people that don't know better are going to, of course, I want the moist kind. I don't want the dry kind. And so they'll order it, and then they get all the fat, and then, then you know, then they complain that they got all the fat. So I mean, it's it's a hard line that, that these pitmasters and these own business owners have to have to walk to try to make sure that they're providing what the customer wants, but at the same time, not compromising their product and not having so much food waste that they can't, they you know, that they cannot use. And so it's just some of those things that that we find, you know, that we see personally as we're out ordering barbecue, serving barbecue, eating barbecue. Um, it, it's just one of those things we try to pass along to people as, you know, as some of the things that we've learned. And that, again, where it gets confusing is upcharges for certain meats, um, the beef ribs, even chuck ribs being on the plate. It, it's very confusing to a customer. you got to remember they don't know the difference. A protein is a protein. A lot of times you've got them listed. Then you've got an asterisk that says this one doesn't come on a three-meat plate or this one costs extra to come on a plate, or this one takes two meats. And it, again, it's very confusing. People want something simple. You know, they, they not everybody has the consumer barbecue acumen that, that right. and, well, people you want to have. And, and my advice to, you know, to, to these business owners and pitmasters, not that any of them want my advice, but you're getting it anyway because I've got a microphone. <laughs> so <laughs> my advice to these pitmasters is try to make your menu as, as user-friendly as possible. Um, because not everyone is going to think of things the way that you think of it when you're putting it on the menu. You know, and a lot of it comes down to who's taking the order as well. If you've got someone that's really good with working with the customer and explaining things to the customer, it can make all the difference in the world. Yeah, when, when they when the customer, I've seen that a lot of customers ask, what do you recommend? Or, And they're not just asking about what meats do you recommend. They're asking, what order do you recommend? And that's where, you know, Oh yeah, we, we you know how about a half a pound of this, or how about a quarter pound of this, quarter pound of this, or if you've got the three meat plate, three meat plate with these three items, make sure that your counter staff is knowledgeable and aware and friendly, 
and, and can help guide these people because customers are different. You're going to have the other person that may feel like they're insulted if you tell them, if you start to explain to them what a beef rib is or explain to them what moist is, while the next customer may have no idea whatsoever. Right. I know there, I remember there was a blogger not too long ago that was actually personally offended that Corkscrew had a sign explaining what moist and lean brisket is and thought that was talking down to the customer. Well, maybe to that one blogger it was talking down to them because they know what lean and moist is, but they've also got a very wide customer base in a suburb that may not be as familiar with lean or moist brisket. Um, so try to keep in mind as a consumer that while it may seem normal to you because you eat a lot of barbecue, it may not be normal to the person lying behind you. And so it, that sign's not there for you. Just think of it like that. I mean, and that's you know, that would be my advice to that particular blogger, um, which bloggers are a whole other uh, yeah, world that we'll get into at a later date. And we're, we're, we're both... Yeah, I was going to say, you act, like, yeah, you act like we're not uh, bloggers. We're, we're both yeah. equally guilty of being bloggers. not very active bloggers. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're too busy eating and, and yakking on a microphone and doing all sorts of other barbecue-related things. But. Um, and let's talk about getting sauced. And I'm not talking about getting drunk. I'm not talking about the getting sauced festival that uh, was formerly held in Austin. I'm talking about what happens when you order a plate of meat and they automatically put sauce on it. Right, uh, I mean... Fortunately, you don't see it as much as you used to, um, but I mean, I, I remember growing up in Houston, that's how barbecue was served a lot of the time, is you ordered your meat plate and it came a lot of times swimming in sauce. Uh, there are still some older school Houston places that do it. Uh, there's a lot, you'll see it a lot in East Texas, but you'll see it, you know, non-East Texas Like Lano well. and West Texas, they're, right. they're kind of famous. They have a big bucket that they dip, they'll dip your entire... Um, rag of ribs in there whatever you order they just dip it right into that bucket kind of by default and you know it's okay because it's also part of that tradition but if you don't want it you need to speak up and make sure you don't get it sauce on the side that's all you gotta ask for right i mean and kind of you know if, if there's a couple of people ahead of you ordering or you know you see food coming to the tables if you see sauce all over it you know that's you know that's a good indicator that that's how yours is going to come out if you don't say something saucy saucy sauce right and if that's how you like to eat your barbecue then by all means sauce away but uh but but if you're if you're there to really just don't eat with us yeah yeah you you don't (laughs) like it (laughs) and there's hey let's stop right here Let's talk about this. There's nothing wrong with barbecue sauce, folks. Well, there's some barbecue sauces. I think there's Oh, there's a lot terrible barbecue sauce. <laughs> but there's nothing wrong with barbecue sauce as an item. And too many people want to pretend like they're some kind of elite barbecue critics that, oh, barbecue, I'll never eat sauce. Look, yes, I agree. Good barbecue doesn't eat sauce. Good brisket doesn't eat sauce. Kind of makes its own when it's nice and juicy. But... There's nothing wrong with barbecue sauce, and we, we serve it, we make it, we enjoy making it, and we try barbecue sauce in a lot of the places. It yeah. should be complimentary to what you're eating. Right. I mean, we actually try the sauce at almost every place that we go to. Now, when we say try the sauce, it's literally a squirt of sauce that we put on a plate, and we may dip our finger into it or dip a slice of bread into it, but we do try the sauce at pretty much every place that we go to. And, and like, like Brian was saying, you know, sauce is not necessarily a bad thing, and there are def- definite applications for it. You know, cooking sauce on your ribs when you're cooking the ribs. Right, I mean, there's, absolutely. Yeah. And there's, there's some sandwiches yeah. that honestly work better with sauce on them. You need yeah. some moisture with that bread. But, you know, in general, if you're not a huge sauce fan, be careful when you're in some of these regions that tend to tend to be saucy. Saucy. Uh, so let's talk. I, the last thing I, I can think of anyway, maybe we can run around and see if there's anything else, but um, repurpose meat. So, you know, it is a fact. Let's, you know, 
sellout is a normal thing. And I and, and Andrew and I have kind of been breaking our heads trying to figure, you know, did, did Aaron Franklin invent selling out a barbecue? Essentially, I, you know, I don't think he did. I'm sure that it's been sold out before, but he really popularized the concept of selling your entire uh, product through the day, starting over and having fresh product each day, uh, which is great and, it, and it's a good thing. But the reality is, is that not every barbecue joint is going to be able to do that. Even top ten barbecue joints have leftover meat sometimes, it, because it's so hard. You know, day to day, it might have a thunderstorm that wasn't scheduled, and fewer people might show up. So you might have an extra brisket at the end of the day, and that's okay. It happens. Now, what you do with that brisket, in my opinion, is where it really makes a difference. Right. There, I mean, there's a, lot, there's a lot of ways to repurpose food that doesn't sell um, and, and still be able to sell it the following day, but in a in what I consider a reasonable manner or respectful to the product, you know, respectful to the customer as well. You know, you can, you know, I know a lot of places will chop up what's not sold and put it in the beans for tomorrow. And that's a perfectly great way to add flavor to the beans. I think um, we've talked about that as a, a tip as well as get the beans because a lot right. of times you may get, you may get rib meat, you may get brisket meat. There's a lot of, a lot of stuff that gets thrown in there, which is good. Right. I mean, you can do all sorts of, you can, you can make it into some sort of sandwich or taco special nacho specials and you'll see those on menus on a lot of places you'll see sloppy joes you'll see a lot of repurposing and, and chopped beef that's not freshly chopped which could be the could actually be the brisket from the day before chopped up and sauced right and i mean i saw it yesterday I mean, we, we we talked about this i don't know if we talked about it on the podcast or not but ronnie killen when he doesn't sell his mac and cheese from the day before it becomes fried mac and cheese the following day and he freely admits this he's admitted it in interviews and there's nothing wrong with that because He's taking that product and transforming it into something that's different but equally tasty and selling it. You know, so there are different ways to do things like that to where, you know, the consumer is getting value. What, you know, what I don't personally think you should do is don't try to sell it as a special brand new product that no one's ever had before. You know, it's, if, you char- if you're trying to charge the same price for yesterday or two-day-old brisket, you know, to me, that's, it's a disservice to, to the quality. If you have a real commitment to quality... It's a disservice to your to your quality because that may be that person's first trip into your place, and anyone will tell you two day old brisket does not taste the same as the brisket cooked that day. Yeah, reheated, especially some of the the weirder stuff that we've seen out there where they're reheating them on a flat top griddle. Uh, right, there's some really bizarre stuff out there. Um, but in general, I mean, the the point to this is that it's okay to see these items on a menu. It's okay to explore these items. Nothing wrong with that. But from our opinion and our standpoint, they should be priced accordingly. Right. Yeah. I, mean, I, I love, you know, barbecue nachos are something I use, uh, I make at home all the time with leftover brisket that I bring home from our barbecue runs. All the time? All, all the time. All the time. All the time. All the time. I, you know, I'll put it into chili, things like that. Chili. I love, I love brisket chili. Right. Leftover brisket chili. Yeah, it's fantastic. My One of my favorites is a grilled cheese with, uh, you know, the, the only day old, but... You know, the day before, whatever we bring back, if we do a barbecue run, um, you know, have a grilled cheese with fresh brisket or not fresh, but leftover brisket or leftover beef rib. It's a really good way to use it, in my opinion. Cheese always makes things better anyway. Right. But just know that if you're getting a nacho or a taco that's got chopped brisket in it. One nacho? I'd like one. How much for one nacho? One nacho. (laughs) Yeah, 10 cents a nacho. If you're getting a plate of nachos, Smarty, and you're getting... Order? Yeah. (laughs) And you're Does a nacho plate come with two sides? Breakfast taco the next day. <laughs> yeah, 
chances are you're not getting the freshest product. It's probably what didn't sell the day before, and that's there's nothing wrong with that. But if you're charging, you know, prime fresh brisket prices for it, that's when I have a little bit of an issue. Now, talking about uh, sides, let's talk about sides just a little bit, and we can wrap this one up. Um, something that we've noticed on the road wild variance on side prices and dessert prices. Yeah, uh, and, and it makes it difficult to know exactly what you're getting because you'll see, you know, you may see a barbecue dessert on a menu that may be $4, and you maybe see another barbecue joint selling a $7 item and a $6 item, and it's all the same product. It'll all be banana pudding or all be cake. Well, not all sides are created equally in terms of size, and you don't really know what your portion size is when you see it on the menu. And that was Flores is one that we we can bring up that they had they, they mentioned it was eight ounce sides, right? Which is huge. A lot of places yeah. are going to do six and some even four ounce, right? That's for their literally sides. a cup of sides. I mean that that's a very big portion size, you know. But if you're talking about a six dollar dessert. Well, some $6 desserts may be served in, like, the little mini mason jars that's four ounces. And some barbecue desserts may be a, you know, $7 or maybe a giant slice of cake. And so it, it I think I had a, a $6 banana pudding, which was a shocker, but it was served in an 8-ounce jar. Right. So, obviously, that's equivalent to a 3-ounce right. at $3. You know? So the, the price wasn't that bad based, based on the volume, but, but they didn't have that on the menu. It was hard to tell. So you'll see those prices quite a bit. And even on the, like you said, even on the sides... Um, something as simple as coleslaw we've seen range from almost four dollars down to two dollars two fifty. I've seen five dollar beans. Yeah, I know. I've seen <laughs> five dollar beans. Uh, let's just not go there. <laughs> there are places that literally give you free beans. That's and, all I gotta say. And good beans. <laughs> and not good just, not free just, beans. Yeah, not just that they're free. Uh, you know, but yeah. So it, it is interesting to see these prices and you know a what you would consider a three meat plate with a side of bread, a side of sauce, and a dessert. Right, you're edging over twenty dollars nowadays. And, and since you brought up bread, let's let's do this real quick. Please use the bread that you get, and only get as much as you think you will use. I cannot tell you how much bread I've seen thrown in trash cans. Uh, bread is not free for these barbecue places. It, it costs, yeah, maybe a little bit cheaper than what you buy at the grocery store because they're buying it. Oh, well, depends. I mean, some places are doing craft bread. Right. Some places are making their own bread, even. Mickleweight. You know, so I, I, I kid you not. Wrinkles. It would probably sicken me to see how much money Franklin Barbecue spends on bread in a month. Bread and sauce. And how much Pickles. of that? Yeah, uh, how much of that bread actually gets eaten? compared to how much of it gets thrown away. And, I mean, Franklin's just an example because they're one of the most generous bread-giving places I've ever seen in my life. A lot of places have stacked bread on our plates. I think today we had one place, was it four slices? Four slices of bread, and we ordered... There was three of us, and we ordered... I think we ordered a half pound of meat total. Yeah. And we had four slices of bread. And so, I mean, these places are being very generous with the bread. And I'm okay with restaurants asking if you want bread, pickles, and onions. That's fine. Um, and it's okay to ask for them if they're not on the table or not at a, a condiment station. That, there's nothing wrong with that because, again, we're talking about thousands of dollars a month. And roll that into a year, that's that's not cheap. Right. So I have no problem with restaurants not just having it out on a buffet style. Um, but, of course, you know, get what you want. Get what you're going to eat. Um, right. Don't throw stuff away. It's just, it's just ridiculous. Right. We, there's, You know, it's one of the things I'm thinking about. Um, actually, Andrew is... Um, uh, I'll just throw this on you. I do want to look at, at donating some money to um, uh, some food program somewhere. It, it's it just sometimes it feels like it's such gluttony, you know, in the barbecue world and what we're doing and what people are doing. 
Um, you know, we don't have to spend our life savings, but I do want to look for a, a, a proper charity that we can donate a little money to there, too. Right, yeah, I mean, anything we can do to give back, you know, because, again, what we do is, I wouldn't go as far as to call it competitive eating. We're not sitting here eating <laughs> 70 hot dogs, but we know what we do. 72, I think it was, wasn't I mean, it? Not, something it's crazy. insane. Yeah. You know, but but we know, and we're, we try to be conscious of what we eat, how much of it we eat. We try not to throw food away. You know, we've given food to friends and family members before that we know we're not going to eat. You know, so we try to cut down on our waste because obviously we're we're fortunate to be in the position we're in where we have to go around this great state and eat this great food. And so, yeah, well, anything that we can do to be considerate of, of the, you know, the products that we're being served, uh, we try to do. And yeah, obviously we're we're always trying to do more and do our part to be uh, to to be thankful for what we have. Absolutely. And, you know, with that, I, I guess the point of this podcast was really around barbecue menus and kind of understanding on both sides from the, the customer and uh, the business. Uh, always welcome any input uh, from the listener that we have. Um, if they, he or she wants us to uh, cover a particular topic, please let us know. That was singular. We only have one listener. <laughs> yeah, we might. We might. Dang uh, it. I thought we had at least three. I don't, I don't know. I get, well, we have both have family members, so no, they don't listen. a few of those, yeah, they're tired of listening to us anyway. Uh, so anyway, we're welcome, we welcome comments, suggestions, uh, whatever topics you want to cover. Otherwise, we're just going to ramble on and just make shit up. So, you know, <laughs> it's in your best interest if you do listen to, uh, to holler at us, tell us what you want. With that, uh, that's going to wrap up another one. Um, we're halfway through this Texas Monthly Top 50 uh, Barbecue Passport quest we're eating at places other than the top 50 uh, we've got some more pitmaster interviews lined up i promise um, when we're not doing seven joints in one day we'll have a little bit more time right uh, but we do have some lined up we're, and we're desperate to try to get out and talk to them uh, really really like that side of the business oh absolutely um, yeah we're gonna fun. and it's not just top 50 we're we've got interviews lined up with some non-top 50 people that are some of our favorite people in the industry and i cannot wait to have these discussions because they're, uh, they're going to be fun. They're going to be interesting. Um, they may be a little uh, PG-13 at times. Because, uh, you know, the beer flows. Well, we hope so. On occasion. Yeah, yeah we're going to we do our best so. to keep it fun. But we got some good stuff coming up for you. Um, we'll try to keep the topics fresh. We'll try to keep the interviews coming as we go along. And as Brian said, anything you uh, want us to talk about, within reason. Within reason. Within yeah. reason. We know a few of you, too. So, yeah, within reason. We'll, we'll go there. So uh, that's all we got for for this one. Keep listening, keep eating. Keep your feet on the ground and keep reaching for the stars.